the Golden Real Business Show is it's given us and given the business a voice to say what the Scottish economy could be. I hope that driving enterprise and business is at the heart of whoever is running any government. We believe in people striving, working hard, taking on people, creating the jobs. And we have to make it that we are so attractive for people to come here and to open businesses. But at the moment, it looks like when you listen to startups and scale-ups, it's the opposite. The Go Radio Business Show with Hunter and Hockey. Hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, William. Good morning, Thomas. How are you today? I'm brilliant. Half the weather. Well, the weather is a bit dreech, as they say, down in Ayrshire. But um, a couple of wee good things to start with, Willie. Remember, it's a no-moan zone, and we're starting with the good news. So, the first bit of good news is Lara, friend of the show, she was on, from Bare Bones Chocolate. Mm -hmm. Now, since Lara was on the show, my wife is buying the chocolate. She said it's the best chocolate she's ever tasted. Wow. Um, I'm not allowed chocolate anymore, but if I was, it's probably a twirl for me, Willie. What's your... He's a twirl, Tom. He's a twirl. Right. But anyway, Lara from Bearboats <laughs> Chocolate, um, she had Rick Stein visit her the headquarters in the Merchant City. Right. And they're going to be on Rick's show um, towards the end of February. Brilliant. Um, so it's a, and they've won lots of awards. So we always say to guests, keep in touch. Lara's kept in touch and good for her. And I think you've got a good news story as well, Willie. Yes, another friend of the show with Derek Pearson a few weeks ago Derek. told an amazing story about the growth of his business. Yes. And they contacted me just to say that he was, because he was looking at premises in my area where I come from. Right. And uh, he was just looking for a bit of advice. We wanted to build a new facility. We wanted to spend millions, create, you know, over 100 new jobs. So um, anyway, I told him that probably the best thing to do would be to speak to our friend Adrian Gillespie at Scottish Enterprise. Brilliant. And I'm happy to say that I got an email yesterday from Derek saying that things were moving great and the people at Scottish Enterprise have been brilliant. So the power of the show, connecting people, making things happen. So big well done to Stevie and Adrian at Scottish Enterprise and to Derek again for investing again in Scotland. I saw Derek at centre stage at a brilliant night at, down at centre stage in Kilmarnock last Saturday night and good on him for supporting. Good on him. So... Not such a good news. Another friend of the show, Alessandro from the Blue Lagoon, yeah. our favourite chip shop. After us saying last week, how do we get city centres back in the go? And I said a bit, right, we've got to sort the parking. He sent in a wee note saying, Tom and Willie, I listened to the show. You talked about that, but Glasgow City Council have did the complete opposite. Yeah, They've extended the parking charges to 10pm seven days a week. And put the prices up. They put the prices up as well. So he's saying, come on. We are saying, come on. This might raise a few quid, Willie, for a very short period of time, but it will lead to the decimation of city centres and high streets. Who's making these decisions at local authorities? I think we said last week that we've got sympathy for the local authorities with their shortfalls in their budget, but this is not the answer. This is bonkers. This is how to kill your city centre in one full swoop, right? There must be, it be interesting to see how much they think that this will raise over a period of time. I've seen some numbers, 900,000, whatever it might be. There's got to be a better way of raising finances to help pay for our services, right? As you you say, you've said that if you can go to Silverburn or the fort, whatever, Aye. and park for free, why are you going to get into the centre now when you're like maybe twenty or twenty five quid worse off right 10 away? Ten p.m. at night. Yeah, and I see people yesterday in Paisley, all everyone talking about it, saying. You know, that this is crazy. They used to have three hours for free. It was a big slogan. Brilliant. And they said it was perfect. People would come in, do their shop, go to the local community. Of course. Paisley's actually done quite well to reinvent themselves. And some of the people said that. My very so first shop was in Paisley. It, it, wasn't, it, it, it wasn't all negative. But what they're saying is, come on, you need to listen to us. Right. But here's what I'd say to everybody that's got a business. Right. Right. James cleverly said on the TV that all politicians... They're only afraid of one thing, and that's the ballot box. Correct. Right. So what you have to do here is let people know 
by voting against policies that you think are crazy. Let's get these people out of the office. It's the only way you're going to get anything done. But but my plea, my plea to all local authorities, especially Glasgow, which I love, there's got to be a better way. See, when we say that, oh, we've got a, a freeze on council tax, yeah, but you're taking it off me every other way. You're now charging me more for parking. You're charging me later for parking. You're char- This is crazy. This is, you know, we, we need, we can't stand by and let this happen, Tam. This is not good business. Not at all. Because if the people making these decisions understood the economics of it, Willie, so if somebody says, ah, oh, getting into Glasgow City Centre tonight, I'm going to get charged, so I'll go somewhere else. So the businesses in Glasgow City Centre, they maybe were going to go for a meal, buy a bottle of wine, help that business, pay its people, pay its taxes, pay its business rates. If people start not doing that, then those businesses close. Look at Brian Mall. And then what happens is the local authority doesn't pick up the taxes because that business has nobody able to afford it. So please, please, listen to us this morning. Think outside the box. This is a race to the bottom. Cut, 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 it's a race to the bottom. So we're talking here about, you no know, lifting these charges, right, which we're all agreeing is absolute bonkers. And then we've got announcements saying that Glasgow City Council want £4 million to set up a fund to look for this green energy investment we need in the city where they, they, they believe that they need £40 billion to come in from private enterprise. So my question to Glasgow City Council, and I'd love someone to come on the show and say, Please come on. What are you offering? Yeah. What are you offering to entice me to come here and invest in Glasgow? And I hope they've got a good answer. Right. right? Because they've got no chance of raising a penny in what they're doing at the moment. Yep, so another bit of news, trying to stay away from politics, but it does affect businesses, is we have a new Cabinet Secretary for the Economy, Mary McCallan, and I would love to get Mary McCallan on the show. I'm all for promoting youth, promoting women into these places, and if she wants to come and have a chat with us, why not, Willie? She'll have ideas that we don't have. She might learn a wee bit from you and me, Maybe not, but anyway. <laughs> but good luck in your position and come on the show. She is more than welcome. All we care about is Scotland to flourish. Yeah. Another friend or frenemy of the show, Andrew Bailey, Governor of the Bank of England. <laughs> um, Frequently mentioned. I know. So there's a former chief economist of the Bank of England who I really like. He is a former chief economist called Andy Haldane. Don't know if you've ever come across yes. Andy. Yep. I like Andy. Yep. And Andy said this week that the Bank of England, remember he used to work here, missed inflation on the way up, so please don't crush the economy on the way down by having too high interest rates for too long. Yep. He didn't miss the mark, will he? I do not think in my 25 years of being in interested in programmes like Bloomberg and the global economy. <laughs> you love Bloomberg, I do, <laughs> I do. And I've got to say that this is the most where people have been indecisive as to where things are going. Yeah. All the experts can't make their mind up. Oh, right? experts, if, experts. As you say, <laughs> that, you know, what you keep saying about <laughs> economists, right? I think that at the moment, I still think we are in a... Precarious position. Can I repeat my economist joke? Yes, go on. It's the only one I've got. I didn't want to steal it. It's the only one I've got, Willie. Go do you know what they say about economists? They predicted nine out of the last three recessions. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, but another wee bit of good news, Willie, just came out that household energy bills are going down. The cap that's going on them is coming down by 12%. Gas prices have fallen 40% in the wholesale market since November and we're now at the lowest level since March 2022. That'll feed into businesses because it was such a such a challenge for businesses. So energy prices are on the way down. Thank goodness for us all. Yeah, it's got to be good news. It's got to be good news. 
and and I think that you know that we have mentioned it in the past, but the sooner that we can get to a hundred percent of clean energy, the better. And that I would say to Glasgow, if you're trying to attract inward investment for green, this is what you should be lobbying the central government for. So we've already we've mentioned that Sea Green and SSE are now delivering enough clean energy where they could supply 1.6 million houses in Scotland. We've only right. got another 1.3 million to cover. So why don't we have a concerted effort to help the investment there? If we could tell the world that all utility that is used in Scotland, we could be the first place in the world to say completely clean energy, then I think that would attract all sorts of money. And what it would also do, what it would also do is, we wouldn't need to tell the government that we need seven billion off of you. We wouldn't need to tell people you need to get into nine billion of debt, fitting solar panels, fitting heat pumps, fitting batteries, all of this stuff. You wouldn't have to do anything. What we should then do is take that money and help people reduce their energy costs. Absolutely. Right. So we've we you know we'll be the first country in the world to wave a big giant green flag. Scotland, I know you want the green flag flag. I've been known to do it on a Saturday afternoon. Um, yes. But Scotland leading the world, who's not for that? Will and and Tam, it's it's this is achievable. Yeah, this is achievable. So I had an interesting week this week, Willie. Um, we had a board meeting at West Coast Capital and we had our advisors in, Ian and Sandy from a, a company based near here called Innovic and they they take care of all our cyber security, etc. So they always come in and let us know. Um, but they were saying, I mean, some of the stats for the businesses listening, you know, the amount of scam emails has now up 50% on last year and people are phishing that's phishing with a PH yes. you'll know about it where they go into your emails they get in somehow and then they say right I know what Willie Hockey does to get money transferred and then they just change one number on the bank account and the kid on their you and they know how you do it and the money goes out and it's never seen again and I was asking them, where are these bad actors? And, well, they're in China, they're in North Korea. North Korea. You used to be able to find the badgins, but now, you know, they're yeah. sitting in a dark room somewhere, Russia. Um, but they're also in the UK, mm -hmm. sitting there, scamming away. So every business out there, just check your procedures, check your cyber security. And then the next thing, because we're interested in it, in West Coast is AI. Can I just come in to sure. talk about that because you've Absolutely. made this point. I'm glad you've made that. It's interesting this week, the announcement about the breakthrough that the FBI and MI5 have had against the, the real big bad actors in Lockbite. So one of the so there's different levels of scamming yes. when it comes to using the internet. But the real top players who are crippling people's businesses, right? So it was a major breakthrough this week where they closed them down, right? right major. I that, will I? Right. So these people now are it was amazing that they came into their offices on Monday and there was guys in Latvia, guys in Poland, guys in Russia, all done six key people have been arrested, right? But it was really interesting. They all come into their offices on Monday to find that they've been locked out of their systems. Oh just God. what they've been doing to everybody. And they reckon that this shower of scammers, right, and they're big time, have taken something like 450 million, no. right, off of people, right? And they were only starting. So well done to the authorities. Yep. And for people who think that was a big announcement, trust me, that was a huge thing for everybody that people like this get stopped in their tracks. Well, I just think we, once the boys finished, I just said to my team, be cynical and be paranoid because these hackers, you know, Ian and Sandy said, they're always two steps ahead. And then they showed us some deep, deep fake stuff yeah. because with an election coming up, there are people trying to influence it. And I think your esteemed leader, Sir Keir Starmer, was caught out with a, picture with Jimmy Savile or something, mm -hmm. which was a fake. Yes. So um, how do we know? Well, we just got to be cynical and paranoid. Yeah. And But every business needs to watch it. But when you talk about that fake, and we touched on it many, many weeks ago, right, there was a guy in front of the Senate committee 
who is demonstrating to the sim that the dangers, right? That now we aye about what you can do. Yep. He was in front of 14 people in the Senate committee and he asked if he could get a big screen brought into the room, mm -hmm. right? And he said to them, it would take me three hours to demonstrate to you the danger of fake news using AI, right? He said, but I'm going to do it in five minutes. And he brought it, he says, and I won't have to say a word. They brought a screen in and he used the chairman of the select committee <laughs> to come on the screen to say every single thing that he would never say. Never say. Right. He goes, I, don't, I rest my case. Right. And they were appalled at the, the power. I mean, that's it. Well, it, and we also got a wee demonstration of Microsoft's co-pilot, which is their AI thing. Yeah. And chat GPT. So yeah. while we were sitting there, up, up in the screen in, in the boardroom, um, they asked um, chat GPT to analyse Steve Jobs' autobiography. Yeah. Give us the learning. So it's about 400 pages long. Yeah. I, I have read it. And um, within two minutes, it came up saying Jobs' leadership style, his entrepreneurial, you know, in a couple of minutes. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable, Willie. Yeah. Now, another company which maybe a few of the listeners will never have heard of, but I am absolutely amazed by this company, mainly because we've got a few shares in it. Um, I say a few, I wish there were a few more, but it's a company called NVIDIA. It's on the um, US stock market and it makes the graphics processing units, which is at the heart of AI. Yeah, the chip, yeah. And they, um, it's a brilliant founder, Taiwanese founder, and um, their share price is up 225% in a year. And the market cap of this business is now 1.7 trillion, no billion, yeah. trillion. I don't know how many nothings that is, Willie, but it's a lot. Um, its turnover is up 126% and the sales in the current quarter are three times what they were before. And this is his words, the founders, that we are just at the start of a new industrial revolution and production, production not of energy, not of food, but intelligence, the production of intelligence and is what the Industrial Revolution is about and every country needs to own the production of their own intelligence. It's such a profound statement, Willie. Yeah. And the listeners might think, well, how does it affect me? Well, it affects you if um, you can use AI as a positive in your business and you should be looking at it and you need to guard against the dangers of folk trying to scam you. I think this is really interesting, right? I mean, talking about NVIDIA, in Friday alone, Tom, their value went up by 260 billion. <laughs> I mean, that's frightening. That's frightening, it's right? Frightening. But I'll tell you where I'd love to see AI working. Yes. Right. This week, I visited a wee project up in the Wineford in Maryhill. Right. Right. Where a lady up there, Emily, is trying to get young kids who are the furthest from the marketplace, right? right trying to keep them in society, trying to keep okay. them up, right? So kids that really need help, yep. right? And me and you have always said, the way that we can love people out of poverty is through education. Yeah. It's the only way. And a decent job. Right. I would love somebody that was an expert in AI could maybe come up with a system or a tool where we could help these kids that we could broaden their horizons by helping them with English, by helping them with maths, by helping them with arithmetic. Is there something that we can do for the kids that are a wee bit behind? Surely, if we're taking intelligence to the next level, we must be able to do something to help the people right at the bottom that need the help the most. I just might have the man for you. Yeah. One of the advisors to the Hunter Foundation, mm -hmm. and he's up at our next board meeting in March. We'll maybe get him on, Willie, because yeah. he, he has worked directly with Elon Musk. He's worked yeah. directly with um, Zuckerberg. He's now number two at Google DeepMind, yeah. which is their AI. Yeah. And he's an advisor um, for us trying to keep us abreast. But it would be right up his street, so why don't we do that? If someone can demonstrate that to me, Tom, through my charitable trust, I would back that you 100%. Well, I think that's a great way to end this wee section.
The Go Radio Business Show with Hunter and Hockey. This week's special guest is Colin Borland, Director of Devolved Nations, Federation of Small Businesses. Colin leads FSB's policy, public affairs and field staff teams across Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland. Good morning, Colin. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Morning, Colin. That is probably the longest introduction we've had of a guest. Yeah. Devolved nations, I love it. I had no idea it was so important. No, that's <laughs> you've, you've made you've picked me up here. This is going to be that's a very important. You got on the title. show. It's an elevation. It's an elevation. <laughs> yes. So, Tom, me and Colin have been talking for a long, long time about right. getting them yeah. on the show. And obviously, you know, small business, as we say every single week, is at the heart the of heart driving everything. Of go radio in, business in the UK. So, delighted to have you on. Let's tell listeners a wee bit about yourself, your own background, and a lot about what you're doing today. Yeah, thank, thanks very much for having me on. Absolutely delighted to be here. I mean, I'm. Uh, well, nearly 50 years ago, born in Paisley. Um, grew up there. Um, I've worked in and around Glasgow, Edinburgh. Um, I'm, I was trained as a lawyer originally. Um, got to that stage where I realised that buying and selling houses, I would be absolutely terrible at it. And didn't <laughs> want to spend with it or divorcing unhappy couples. You know, I, I, and I realised, and at that time, that was about 1999, there was this thing called the Scottish Parliament was getting set up. I thought, well, that's quite interesting. Um, I went to do a little bit of work there, worked with an absolutely wonderful guy who you'll know called Duncan McNeil, who's a former GMB um, yes. organiser, right. and then became an MSP. Worked, I was with him for about eight, nine years. So what were you doing there, Colin? It was mainly the, the research. So I got, right. that's when I get into you know things like the media, writing the press releases, doing the research, finding out, doing the constituents of caseload, you know, those sorts of... Right. Those, Very interesting. Those sorts of absolutely fascinating because you're in a small team. And you're right next to the guys taking the decisions. And when you're right next to people like that, that makes it a very different sort of job than say, Aye. if I'd gone and worked in a corporate, I might have had a very different outlook. Aye. So after that, I did a little bit of public affairs consultancy. Um, and then and then um, FSB was looking for somebody. I thought, That's, that looks like a good fit. I'll put my hat in the ring. I got it. That was back in 2008, so just as the financial crash was about to hit. So your timing was perfect. My timing was perfect because <laughs> I'm the one that broke it, so I had basically, I've, I've got to stay here until I fixed it. <laughs> so, so tell the listeners this morning, if they don't know what the Federation of Small Businesses is doing in Scotland. Well, we're the country's largest direct member business organisation. Right. So to be a member of FSB, you have to either run a, or have a controlling interest in a small business or be a self-employed individual and effectively we exist to sort of support and protect small businesses to so see all the stuff if you work in a corporate the stuff that happens anyway an hr department a legal department you know finance department whatever we can give you a service that can hopefully right. deliver that so i didn't sorts, know that so sorts of things that people join for us for example we've got a 24 7 legal advice line uh, 24 7 you know tax protection line we've got tax investigation cover and we, we subcontract that to um, solicitors here in Scotland. So you're right. not talking to somebody that's reading off a script in a call centre. <laughs> you're talking to an actual lawyer. And, and that can be, and I'm, I, I meet those guys regularly, and they say, yeah, we do get calls at 2, 3 in the morning from people. Because really? you, you know it's like yourself, and you're in business. You're, yeah. you're operating around the clock. You never switch off. You never switch off. Things can blow up. Things can happen. You can have an HR incident that arises over you know over the weekend. You say, right, what, what do I do here? So we, we provide all of those, yeah, that sort of suite, of services, another one, debt collection. We do a lot of um, chasing late payments. Uh, like, I think we've just hit three million pounds that we've recovered. That's uh, a really good service, you know, Colin. I, yeah. I, I didn't know this was Aye. what the FSB yeah. did. And it's all, and again, and we do it in such a way that it's not expensive. So I think if you're self-employed, it's 195 pound a year. Um, it's about 245 pound if you've got less than five employees. Fantastic. So the vast majority of our members are paying less than th uh, right. 300 pounds a year to be a member. But that business model only works if we have the numbers because then yes. we've got the buying power and then we can you know, offer that so protection. How many members in Scotland then, Colin? It's about 15,000 wow, in Scotland yeah. and it's right across and people, you, you walk down the high street you'll see the FSB logo yeah. uh, in the windows but you know, we, we do have a lot of retailers we've got a huge amount of people in business in B2B and you know, maybe businesses aren't quite as visible so we're, we're quite across sectoral which is quite good which means that we're not in the pocket of any particular industry or any particular no. special interest. And you're non-political? Absolutely. Oh. Uh, we're we're non-party. We work with all the parties. We don't like MD. We'll work as, you know, as constructively as we can yeah. with anyone. Because I think if you're the person in the room that's just shout, 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 shouting and moan, 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 and eventually you just it, This is off. a no-moan zone. I'm, yeah. well, yeah. I'm so delighted to hear Solutions in action. And that's the other thing that we do, because when we FSB was set up in 1974, so we're in our sort of so golden set year. set it up? We set it up, but well, what happened was, it was 1974, it wasn't a, economically not a entirely dissimilar situation we find ourselves in now. There was inflation, 
So, 74, Willie, who was the Prime Minister in 74? Ted Heath. Ted Heath? Yes. So, Edward Heath, Life yes. in the Ocean Waves. Yes. And then uh, Harold Wilson took over for a short Harold period. Wilson. And then Jim Callaghan, who didn't last too long. Jim Callaghan. Wow. Yeah. But no, uh, certainly a decade that people would want to forget. A political history lesson this morning in the Gory Real Business Show. <laughs> and what you had was, at the time... Um, you had big business, the corporates were represented in government by the shape of the CBI. CBI, You yep. obviously had the trade union movement representing the workers. Yeah. And the guys in the middle who were self-employed or running Nobody small businesses, well, no one's standing up for us. And there was things, but there was yeah. extra taxes for in for self-employment. So a group of people in, in Lancashire, it was, got together. Lancashire? Yeah, Lancashire. And our head office to this day is still in Blackpool. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. That's where the contact centre is and, and all, all, all the customer services is. Um, so they got together and said, no, we need to do something about this. We need to um, even up the score a wee bit. Um, and that's where we were formed. And then from there, it's just gone on and on. We've, we've decided to do more story, services. Yeah. We've, we've now got, uh, in, 19, you know, in the late 90s, we obviously opened up um, our offices. You know, we've got offices in, in Glasgow, Cardiff, Northern Ireland. We've got a big office in Westminster, you know, for lobbying. So all of that lobbying bit has, has, has expanded as well. Because, yeah. you know, I think a lot, it's one of these strange things that people see the member services side of it. Because, you know, if you've phoned up, you've got a lawyer, they've sorted it out. But a lot of what we do is that behind the scenes talking about the detail about things that are coming so hopefully if we do our job properly there's lots of stuff that we'll never see light of day yeah so yeah. but so the message here is that if if you're a small family business out there here is a huge umbrella that you can yeah. be part of it's got your back yeah it's got your back it's got your back and it's also it's more it's, it's a community as well yeah because we do a lot of trade shows we do a lot of exhibitions and expos and to try and get to get to get the brand out there right and I get lots of people coming up and saying, oh, I'm an FSB member. I'm an FSB, you know, and, and, and telling us about what we've done for them or people they've met through FSB or connections they've, they've got through us. No one, if someone's next to me selling vans or commercial vehicles, no one comes up and says, oh, get, you'll, you'll never guess what I drive. You know, I'm a such and such customer. So I think, I think people do feel it's more than just a discount club. It's more than just a bit of protection. But if we weren't doing that, they wouldn't be interested. Right. More than just a lobby. And it's about that sort of feeling of belonging because it can it can oh, be lonely, lonely Colin. you know, if you're out there. Especially in, in a small business, Willie. Well, that was my Devil. loneliest time. Yeah, it's, mine as well. You know, it's really difficult. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you feel uh, somebody got my back here, I can speak. I mean, this is what we do in the yeah. scale-ups. Yeah. You know, the peer-to-peer -peer learning and support is invaluable. So what's the kind of temperature with your members just now? What are they, what's... What's it? Now, they're not allowed to moan, obviously, unless they've got a solution. Yeah. But, you know, what's driving them mad? What's exciting them? What's the temperature? Colin? I think a lot of people are saying, we're sort of taking the temperature, particularly in that last quarter of last year. Um, and people were saying, well, maybe turnover-wise, I'm flat year in year. Right. But my costs have gone up by 10%. So yeah. therefore, I'm the margins... finding that, Willie, speaking yes. to businesses. Yes. It was a tough year. It was, and that's interestingly... We asked our members recently, like, what, what has been the toughest year? Because it's been a bit of a roller coaster since sort of, 2020. And obviously, 2021 came out top as the toughest. Yeah. But last year ran at a pretty close second. It yes. did. Um, and I think while there was, there was all that support around about COVID, which was absolutely marvellous and welcome. It was, yeah. Um, it the, disappeared. <laughs> the cost of doing business crisis really has hit people, you know, and particularly in, I think, industries like retail, leisure, hospitality, who are vulnerable to discretionary consumer spend. Yeah. You know, they're particularly vulnerable to issues around about staffing, issues around about yeah. input prices, issues around about the cost of um, maintaining and running commercial property. Um, so those guys are finding things, I think, that's particularly yeah. difficult. I, I think COVID masked the problems of the non-growth yeah. in the in the previous years and obviously making it tougher in 2023. And people could devil. blame COVID. People could well blame COVID. They could blame COVID. Actually, what we should do now, look, most entrepreneurs, we should forget, we should stop talking about it. Oh, I, I, I buy and I say, if anybody comes in here and blames and we COVID, try and get on, yeah. and show them the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so in this role, do you get to meet loads of small businesses? Is it mostly just, you know, communication by email yeah, no we do I mean we try to be, there's definitely an appetite well, it's, it's horses for courses isn't it some people love virtual events they love virtual networking they just communicate only by only by email other people just love love the, the face to face but we, we, we try and see as many people as we can and we try and I mean we've got a team of what 13 in Scotland right. and we try and task everyone getting out there and meeting as many members as we possibly can because then you hear that story and you find out what it's actually like uh, and you get that human aspect to it it just makes it 
so much easier for us to do our job, which is at the end of the day is to represent their interests yeah. to the people who take real decisions that affect their, you know, affect their business and as such their family. Would would you have data to tell you actually how many businesses out there that could be part of your organisation that are not? Oh, we've got a huge market to go at. I mean, there's what three hundred and forty thousand yeah. uh, businesses in Scotland. Almost yeah. all of them are small. Three hundred and forty thousand. Yeah. Wow. Um, and almost all of them are small. I never knew Family that. Uh, you know, yeah. so it's a huge market. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, to go at it's just it's a but yeah. it's a, it's an incredibly competitive market. Yeah. So we've and, always got to stay fresh and stay yeah. competitive. And you tell know. me, Colin, is because we, we're all about you know giving a voice to the small business, which you're totally aligned with Willie's vision here. Um, is there, do you get listened to by the policy makers, by the politicians? Do you get a good airing or are they dismissive, the way they're dismissive of Willie and me? <laughs> I don't think anyone would be daft enough to dismiss, dismiss either well, of you guys. You know it, I mean? it would surprise you. <laughs> you know? but, no, I mean, I think I, we understand the many and varied calls that are on the people who are decision makers and we know that, but yeah. I, I think... For us, now, come on, don't be a politician. Here, oh, Colin. For, come on. Oh, for us, tell us the truth. What we can do, I, I think we do get a fair <laughs> hearing. What I do sometimes wonder about is when people have been listened to at what stage. Because I sometimes think, see, if you, well, for example, the alcohol uh, promotion ban, right? Now, if someone had just said at some point, hey, see, before this, these lights are day, do you maybe want to talk to a couple of people? Get some practitioners in, you know, and maybe ask some questions about what about this and what about that, you know. We could have saved ourselves an awful lot of hassle and heartache. And of course, you know... You're speaking our language, yeah, Colin. Yeah. You're yeah. speaking our language. In my experience in talking to politicians, I don't think they've got any idea of the, the magnitude of employment and the size of it combined that small businesses make. You know, the, the stats are out there and it tells them every week, but I don't think, I think it kind of goes like over the top. I mean, I think, I think yeah, the stats speak for themselves. I think it's when you actually begin to make it real and talk about what this is actually like, what it's actually like yeah. um, running a business in Scotland. And there's, and there's some politicians and officials and others in the sort of, you know, food, Key decision makers who absolutely get it, okay, who, 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 do, who do understand it, who know what to talk What's about. What's their name? But there, <laughs> but there are some others. Um, we don't get who, it. I think maybe you know, and if you, I, I get it. If you spent your life in the public sector, you know, in, in a in a you know, quite, quite a rigid role, or you've maybe don't have much experience outside of politics or whatever, you know, it's a very they're very different worlds, politics and business. That's, but but Colin, you know, let's face it, a decent leader gets people running about them who makes up for their knowledge deficit. Yes. If you're just making decisions based on your own experience, that's not good enough for a leader. And I think the point we need to make is exactly about that contribution. Because it's not, it's, it's just the fact that, that business is good, profits are good. You know, the fact that we, particularly small businesses, we employ people further from the labour market. We employ people in areas that the corporate sector and the public sector no longer operate in. Another interesting stat, after the, the 2008-9 recession, nine out of 10 people that moved from in economic inactivity back into the labour market did so by either going to work in a small business or setting one up themselves. Well, that's right. a brilliant so that, stat. So shows you, you know, that's the power to drive it. Also shows you in terms of social mobility, self-employment, starting a business is a great way you know, to actually climb that ladder. If you're getting stuck or if you're getting hemmed in in a corporate structure or a more formal structure, go out there, you know, you can get out there, do your own thing uh, and, and move your, you know, move yourself up. I mean, just give you an example. I do think there is a, this issue that persists about round about self-employment and right. people thinking it's, oh, it's some sort of con or it's, you know, it's, a, it's a last <laughs> resort. One of our members up um, in Aberdeen was doing a school's careers day. So he turned up in his nice, in his nice new motor. Right. And the first, 10 minutes of questions was, is that your car outside? I've had that. How, I've had that. I've, I've said that on this well. programme. <laughs> Much was it? What did it? How, how fast does it go? Et cetera, et cetera. And he talked about it. He was in uh, contract cleaning. And he said, well, you know, says it, 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 well, the car didn't grow there. I didn't, I didn't get it by magic. I had to yep. work blooming hard for it. Work hard. But this is the business. This is how we set it up. It was just, you know, this is how, it's now three businesses within the group. And this is et cetera, et cetera. And I thought, I've got them. I can see them listening. They're listening. They're taking it in. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm winning them over. Yeah. So and I remember going to a school. Well, I, my sister was a primary teacher in Logan down in Ayrshire. Mm -hmm. And I used to go and, and see the kids and turn up in the nice motor. And the first question always was, mister, mister, is that your motor out there? And I said, I, I was quite proud. Yes, it is. He says, do you think it will still have wheels when you back out? <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, call you. But no, I was just going to say, the TED teacher then came to wrap up and says, well, thank you very much, for Mr. Such and Such, for coming you know, and talking to the, the, the children today. And I hope you realise, boys and girls, that when you leave school, if you don't get in a university or college, you can't find a job. Maybe you could always go work for yourself. Oh, my and God. And just like that, you know, just killed, everything. Just killed it. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm, now, that story didn't happen yesterday, but I still think people, there's still that attitude persists. Yeah. So, so, Colin, tell us about one of the, the things that you're proud of. You've led this organisation for some time now. Yep. You're giving small business a voice. Willie and I are totally behind that. So is there something you look back and think, that was a good, that was a highlight for me. The most recent thing, obviously, is we had some good, solid wins in the autumn statement. The Chancellor wrote in particular, um, you know, for self, the, the reduction in national insurance right. uh, for the, uh, the so self-employed. So you're lobbying these things, Colin. You're, you're a yes, lobbying organisation. Yes, right. Particularly for the reduction, was it abolition of class four and the reduction of class two or the, or the other way about? <laughs> but I think, so um, but it was the, things like that were happening. Also, I remember um, back in... August 20, the summer of 2022, when we were in the middle of that energy price crisis. And Goodness essentially, sm that, yeah. small businesses were being treated exactly the same as large corporates. There was no help forthcoming. We were the ones who went and said, look, these are businesses, the ones, the guys who are looking at two, three hundred percent increases in their bills are the lucky ones. This is get, this is getting horrific. Um, we need to take action. And we pushed and we pushed and we managed to get it over the line. And I think right. that, you know, that makes a difference. And if I can go right back... Um, probably about you know some 17, 18 years now. Um, the introduction of the small business bonus, the small business rates relief, uh -huh. mm -hmm. um, which has been an absolute lifeline uh, for members. If you started up in business in Scotland any time in the last what like 15, 16, 17 years, you'll have been you know that scheme will have been in, been in operation, and it's uh, and particularly it helps those businesses in the most deprived areas. Can you just rateable values. Explain what that is for the list. Oh, sorry, it's effectively like a threshold um, for business rates. Right. So if you're in a if you're non-domestic a uh, property is below um, a certain level of rateable value, right, right. then you'll qualify for reliefs. I um, see. And there's been... That's a great thing. It, it's, it's absolute, in, terms of, in terms of the impact on the bottom line, yeah. absolute lifeline for many, of, uh, you know, many, many of our members. And it's particularly helpful because rateable values in areas where trading conditions are dif more difficult and that's yeah. areas which are less economically advantaged, yeah. you know, uh, will disproportionately benefit from it. So it, it encourages yeah. that. So again, that's good. That's I, helpful. I think so, you also played a big part in obviously lobbying in relation to the DRS scheme. Well, exactly. And that's one of these ones where you know, a lot of the stuff we do people don't see it because we're stopping things happening that never see light of day. But DRS was one of these things. That got close. It got very, it got worryingly close. It got, I mean, it was like the night before people were supposed to register. So what are we supposed to do here? Yeah. Yeah. And we can't advise people to break the law, but at the it same time. It was a disgrace, Colin. I mean, yeah. just call it the way it is. But what I think... It's a waste of taxpayers' money. And that, you know, there's 70 million, I think, down the toilet. Yeah. It was no, it was completely unnecessary. We don't even need it because we've got the best curbside recycling in Europe, if not the world. Have we? Yeah. But right, well. we, you know, but the problem, yeah, but I think if we can take a positive out of it, because yeah. if, if, if it's a moan-free zone, moan-free zone, if we can take the positive out of it, I think it's shown a very, very strong light on how government takes decisions and how government engages with business, and at least no. None of that's been fixed, but yeah. it's um, it is. Yeah. But at least it, it focused a conversation, and people have maybe yeah. hadn't noticed it so far. Yeah, but so what we've done is here that we've highlighted today that the power of the FSB, the power of the chamber, the power of the media, the power of Go Radio is that we managed to get three or four bad policies kicked into the long grass. Some of them cancelled forever within a very short period of time. So it just shows you that suddenly now that business does have a voice. Can, can I say to you that, and to you and for all your members listening, and what we'll do is we'll, we'll actually give you a link to the show, which hopefully you can send to the 15,000 members. But what we'll say is that today we will guarantee that we will always be a voice for you and for the FSB. That's absolutely brilliant because, you know, you know what it's like if you're out there on your own. Um, it's a lonely and, time, you know, and just to give that. Bit. And 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 also, there are some brilliant stories out there. You look yeah. at what has been thrown at us for the last, say, ten years, right. and how Scotland small businesses have responded. They've been tenacious. They've been really clever. They've they've just adapted. They've you know they've they've taken it on the chin. They've not they've they've not going to give it up, up without a so, fight. Colin, we are always looking for these positive stories about Scottish businesses striving and against all odds. You've really educated me this morning. So more yeah. power to your elbow, sir. 
Thank you very much. In the last 30 seconds, tell the listeners how, if anyone's interested in joining the FSB, how they go about it. Log on to fsb.org.uk forward slash join or Google me and I'll tell you. Brilliant, Colin. Very Thank slick, you so much. Very slick ending. Brilliant. Really. Brilliant. Well done, Colin. Thank Brilliant. you very much. The Borja you can't afford. This is the Go Radio Business Show with Hunter and Hockey. Tom, this week on The Borja You Can't Afford, we've got Jonathan Ling, the founder of Tabrifics. Well, that's easy for you to say, Willie. And I believe Jonathan has made the trip down for Aberdeen. I have indeed. Well, that's amazing that you're willing to come down. Yeah. So thank you so thank much you for, that. for coming to for the that. Go Radio Business Show. So you got to give your business a big plug. Yes. Tell us a wee bit about yourself and a bit about the business, Jonathan. Good stuff. No, thank you very much. It's a big honour to meet you both. Um, <laughs> So, You'll not be saying that at the end. No, don't, okay. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so my name's Jonathan Lang, originally from the Isle of Skye and on the West Coast. Oh, you are born in Skye? Born in Skye. Wow. Um, uh, well, born in Inverness, but grew up in Skye. Right. Um, live in Aberdeen at the moment, and I'm the founder of Tabrifix, which is trying to reinvent our national icon, Tablet. Because I think it deserves a little bit of a rejuvenation from its traditional roots to something more. So what's different about your tablet then? So uh, we've got a distinct brand tablet that we're leaning into. We The USP of the product is quite unique too in the way of you get free individually wrapped pieces of tablet rather than a traditional bar, right. which allows one to sort of portion control and also makes it a fantastic gift too. Um, and you have brought some bribes, I mean some tablet <laughs> in for Willie and I this morning. Samples, Tom. Samples. Samples, samples. That's it. No, we've got our popular um, original flavour, which is fantastic, based off my dad's recipe, of course, in the West Coast. And we've also got the espresso flavour too, which is quite right. nice because it's the bittersweet. So tell us a bit about your dad and how you managed to yeah, end up Yeah, how did you come this? up with this? Aye, so I was in Edinburgh writing my dissertation back in 2020. So where were you studying? I was studying at Harriet Watt. Harriet Watt, yep. good school. Yep, fantastic. And um, yeah, sort of was, I'm a bit, I was uh, bored of how tablet is traditionally positioned. Sort of covered in Highland cows, someone's granny, et cetera. Do you know what I mean? And for a younger Scot like myself, I love the treat. I've got a huge sweet tooth. My dad makes gorgeous tablet. So I thought, well, there's a wee opportunity here. So did your dad... Is, is he in that business as well? No, he's not. No, no. He just does it as a hobby. Aye, just, yeah, the neighbours yeah. and our family love my dad's tablet. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, so I thought let's make a unique product that I would personally buy. And before obviously embarking on the business, did some research as to if people agree with my idea on reinventing the icon. And um, it seems to be doing pretty well in the marketplace. Some unsolicited endorsements from Judy Murray, Alistair Campbell and things like that. Kay Adams, which was fantastic. Brilliant. It's in British GQ. Uh, last week as well, which so, is brilliant. So how did you get in there? I just getting sort of publicity through these unsolicited endorsements. I mean, Alistair Campbell, Rest is Politics podcast. Yeah. Uh, he did a post uh, end of last year showcasing it. I just reached out, you know. I just ah. sort of thought, don't have much money for marketing. So brilliant. just drop him a wee message. And, that aye. is a brilliant story. Yeah. Quite a you lot know if you become successful, he will send you an invoice. <laughs> that would be, oh. He knows how to charge. There'll be nothing Alistair. free. There'll be nothing, There'll be nothing free. free. No, no. But a lot of the business we do is actually online down the road. Yeah. The English customers as well. We don't right. get this down here is what they say. Yeah. Okay. Do you know, and the flavour is also a way of introducing the product to them in a unique way. Right. So we had a strawberry and cream flavour last year. So everyone knows strawberry and cream, yeah. but few know tablet. So I thought, well, they know what strawberry cream is. They don't know what tablet is. So then it gives them the opportunity to try it. And then you can capture the customer that way. So where are you manufacturing? Where so are you making it? currently it's on pause because I am in the final stages of securing a new partner in Edinburgh to make it, oh, right. which is fantastic. Great. So currently things are just a wee bit of... So you can keep us in touch and once you've, yeah. that's one, it. Once you've yeah. did that deal, let us know and we'll give you yeah. another plug. Fantastic. No, that, I'd be so it's, grateful for that. You, you look as if this could, you know, result in a quantum. Is that right? This looks as if you could maybe mass produce one? it in a scale that you could oh, never sure. imagined. Well, that would be amazing. I think to do it that way if, um, through a third-party manufacturer, especially the boys in Edinburgh, um, it would allow it to realise its potential in the marketplace. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm sort of wanting. So, so where do you think your entrepreneurial flair came from growing up on sky there wasn't a heck of a lot of business that i could look into and etc nope. etc however there was a company that i um, reached out to when i was 15 16 during high school and things called sitekit limited right and i managed to um was shadowing the fd there um i was in the boardroom with the ceo as well campbell and that was Brilliant. fantastic and at a young age he inspired me to because he grew a successful business yeah. and I was like, I'd like to be like him one day, etc. Yeah. So sort of reaching out to as many people as possible to inspire me. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, good for you. Sir. And have you enjoyed the journey so far as a budding entrepreneur? Aye, I think yeah. so. Yeah, it's been there's ups and downs. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, goodness absolutely. Me. But um, aye, it's good fun. And um, and uh, it, have you had much support? Are you based in Aberdeen today? Based in Aberdeen today. Yeah, right. family have been fantastic. The community up there, the business community up in Aberdeen, is also fantastic. Is it? Is it good? Is really it good. Great. Really good. One enterprise northeast. They're brilliant. Well, the team there are great. That's a good plug good for shout him, out again. Yeah, we've always you know we've been praising the boys for Scottish enterprise. Yeah. So well done. Aye. Is that Highlands and Islands? Aye, they, they, them yeah. too, they've helped too. Aye. Brilliant. Okay, so you've got a few big things in the future. You've got your manufacturer and then what's your dream? What's the dream, Jonathan? I think the dream would for this to be a proper Scottish brand, like right. the tablet. Yeah. I'll never claim this is the best tablet because everyone's mum or granny or dad's <laughs> tablet's the best. <laughs> However, this could be the thing that if you're needing a gift for somebody, if you're wanting a wee treat to yourself... You know, okay, I know what Tabrifix has got me, and this is the the tablet brand in Scotland. Right. So, so I need to say to you, uh-huh. right. So, when I was a kid, you you touched on something earlier about the, you know, the the the, the marketing the cow. I, I loved Highland toffee. Aye. And <laughs> and I'm kind of a bit sad that it's not very prevalent now. I don't know if it even exists anymore. Uh-huh. I don't see the penny dainties and the toffee you used well, to like get. Well, you've been back a right, few years. Right. Now. But but most kind of iconic Scottish brands. Okay, and I got a Scottish twist, like Aye. Johnny Walker sounds Scottish, and Walker shortbread sounds Scottish, and Campbell soup sounds Scottish <laughs> for sure. What about Tabrifics? <laughs> Aye, no, for sure. I, I deliberately wanted to make it stand out, and I think there, what you say there, like with the tartan and the cows and etc., that is all fantastic, and that's part of our heritage, of course, and You're our tradition. It on. Yeah, a wee bit. There's 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 a unique packaging that's actually coming out quite soon, which is a quite a wee clever nod, if I don't say so myself, to the tradition. Um, but that's eye catching. That's new, and maybe to the modern Scot who aspires um, to sort of transform the identity a wee so, bit. So, Jonathan, if anybody wants to buy your product, yep. how do they get it online? Um, I'm also in some. Um, so, what's the? Where do they go? Tabrifix.com. Right. That's okay. it. Um, you can check it out on Instagram too. T e b r i f i c s. You heard it here first. You heard it here. So, what's your question for Willie and I this morning? Yes, fantastic. So, my question to you guys is: During the early stages of your businesses, was there a period of time or a moment where you had to display quite a lot of flexibility, be it in your personal life, your business model, your team, which maybe you were apprehensive about, yeah. but realised after it was integral to your success? Yeah. Well, I, I can definitely tell you the answer to that is yes. And <laughs> how I can demonstrate that is is that myself and my wife had to agree that I would have to go away and work to create the finance that we needed to start our business. Okay. So the flexibility of her living with the fact I was going to be away for six weeks and back for three and back for six and back for Aye. four. She wanted you away longer, Willie, Exactly, she? yeah, I know Aye. she was lobbying my company, it was too much leave. <laughs> but but I think, Jonathan, even after that, when I say flexibility, that really we had to throw our watches in the bin, you know, because Susan had to balance working in the business all day and bringing up a young kid. Aye. And we were working 80 and 90 hours a week, maybe a hundred sometimes. You know, I remember as way back in the early days, being in the house on a Saturday night using her credit card to get a gas part for America. You know, and wow. and so one you have to be nimble uh-huh. and, and flexible, you know, and, and you have to adjust um for all the things that come your way that you'll start to see now. There'll be hurdles and there'll be fences. <laughs> right. And and I think it's you need to be flexible as to how you go over them. But but definitely you you have to have that. If you're if you're rigid in your thinking and rigid in your model, you will fail. Yeah. I mean I, I agree with with Willie, um, Jonathan. I mean, I, I think back to when I first started, there was just myself and it was the loneliest time, you mm-hmm. know. Um but We've got this thing in the scale-ups that we do is is we coach, learn by doing. Mm-hmm. So you don't know what you don't know in the early days. Mm-hmm. And therefore, and I can tell you're somebody who's a sponge for things. I can yeah. just tell this morning. And But when you're out there, you go, I thought we were going this way, but I've now learned that, so I'm going that way. Mm-hmm. So I really admire entrepreneurs who they might set off and they think they're going this way. But once they're there and they're in the market, they say, no, I see it as a strength to say, I thought that, 
but I've looked at the evidence and now I'm going this way. Yeah. And the real successful entrepreneurs that I've met, Jonathan, they're always tweaking it. So in the early days, it might be a big thing. I remember thinking, um, you know, I was only going to sell shoes. Mm. And then someday at a trade show in Celtic Park, Adidas said, Tom, have you saw a shell suit? And I said, what's a shell suit? Aye. You know, if I hadn't been flexible, you know, we, we became Europe's biggest seller of shell yeah. suits. And I didn't know what a shell suit was. No. But I'm a quick learner. Aye, and yeah. I know you're a quick learner. Yeah. So that. what do you think about your own question? Yeah, I think being confident in your idea and the the why you're doing it, but as you guys quite rightly say, being open and ready yeah. to be nimble, duck and dive, yeah. but keep that end goal in sight, yeah. um, I think is important. But just being conscious of that. Yeah. But let me tell you how that never goes away. <laughs> so I've been doing this for 40 years, uh-huh. and obviously you're at the start of your journey that I was. Over the last two and a half years, I've got involved in, in a new project where I've tried to understand the, the rights and wrongs of building affordable houses, okay. right, and how we could challenge that. And I've really studied it and I've been heavily involved. I've been kind of all over the globe looking at what people do. And if I was to have done a paper for you six months ago <laughs> and it would probably run about 56 pages, what I've learned in the last three months, I would tell you to throw that in the bin. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> And here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I've learned in the last three months. So Wally is learning by doing. Yeah. By doing. If, if you look across but, the road, yeah. you can but see But that's the, the greatest example of flexibility. So right, from the day you start as an entrepreneur to the day you learned, you need to be ready for that shell suit moment. Aye. <laughs> the shell... Have you got a shell suit? You're, you're, a, you're a sharp dressed young man. You're, uh, but, you know, yeah. a you're shell still hoping to in. come back, Tom. I've no. got a wee bit of stock in the warehouse. Well, no, from no you want to join the lads that are selling the trainers for £1,500, as what you want to do. You've missed the boat. You were too early. You so, peaked too early. So, Jonathan, I can tell that you've got something. I can just see it in your eyes. So, yeah. please stay in touch with the show. Um, we wish you all the luck in the world with this and thanks so much for coming down from Aberdeen. It's been a pleasure to meet you. Yeah. My pleasure. Thank you very, Thank very much. Thank you so much for, for and I hope it's been worthwhile for you. Absolutely. Thank you. Pleasure. All the best. Right. The Go Radio Business Show with Hunter and Hockey. Hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and never miss an episode. Go.